0: Now, where did I put it? Hmm. Ah, here it is. Welcome to the Toolbox, where we discuss the tools we utilize every day. Yours to use, or toss, it's up to you. But I hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, just a quick heads up before we get the episode started. Um, Today's episode could be difficult to listen to. We're going to be talking about loss and the perseverance through loss, so um, just as a heads up, it could be triggering, could be difficult to listen to, but uh, I hope you enjoy it, and I'll just, uh, we'll get right to it, thanks. Hey everybody, welcome back to Tools of the Toolbox, I got another, just an outstanding episode, I brought one of my brothers on here, and I can't wait to get the discussion, so we're going to dive in, as always, who are you? And what is your military background?
1: My name is Matthew Blanco. I was a corporal at one CER from 2007 until uh, I got out in 2014.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, so for those that don't know, you were combat engineer. Just as I was a combat engineer, we served together, although we never actually went overseas together. But I'm so stoked to have you on here. This is going to be a great conversation. Um, now, you got out in 14, so what do you do now?
1: Uh, for the last for the last five years, I've just been recovering, really, uh, trying to get my life back on track. I definitely had some ups and downs. I should not have gotten out of the military when I did. Uh, I was a very angry individual, uh, drinking a lot, using a lot of non-prescription drugs and illicit things that, you know, were mm-hmm. illegal, um, uh, and a, it was all a coping mechanism for me to try and deal with the, the things that I had been through, um, uh, overseas. And for me, it was, you know, I can't admit that I'm all fucked up here, but if I can hide it and nobody knows the wiser, right. then I can carry on and keep doing yeah. my job that worked for a little bit and then the war ended and it was like okay where are we going next and there was no crickets we're going somewhere (laughs) next right we're not we're not moving over to north korea we're not moving over to iran right we're gonna go we're gonna go hang out wainwright with blanks or not even blank rounds and it's like this this is not a fun job for me anymore i'm gonna go make some money up in fort mcmurray and I timed it absolutely brilliantly when I got out of the out of the military. Uh, I timed my release with the collapse of oil prices to perfection. So I got up there, made a shit ton of money, and then all of a sudden, all the money was gone. Right, and then the problems started rolling in, and then life just really uh, it spiraled for me. One thing led to another, and uh, I wound up losing my house i lost my vehicle uh yeah i was 12 12 15 minutes away from packing up and going to live in the woods right and seeing how long i could live out there for and it wouldn't have been long because it was the middle of fucking winter
0: it's always the middle of winter though Um, here (laughs) like just any time like bad shit happens six months of the year is the middle middle of winter. winter um yeah so let's talk about the transition there for a second because I like to, I think everyone's transition is definitely, is different, and a lot of it is who you talk to as you get out, and it's also your attitude, right, like when you get out, because I I know a lot of troops, especially guys that get out, um, like myself being one of them, uh, like mass Corporal and below, we don't have the experience with the paperwork, with the administrative side. That whereas someone who's sergeant yeah. warrant and above, when they get out, they're so used to doing the paperwork, I find their transitions are a lot smoother, just because they yeah. have that um, experience. And I I remember being an angry corporal at one CR. <laughs> I mean, you remember what I was like. Um, yeah. And it was it's not a not a pleasant place to be in your head when you decide to leave the military. Right? You leave the family. You leave the the Troops, you leave the consistency. You have, you no longer have the set out plan. Every day, this is going to happen. I got to show up to work. We're going to do PT. I'm going to get there. I'm going to sit on my ass and do fucking nothing. I'm going to be angry all day, and then I'm going to go home. Yeah. But even that consistency is kind of crave it. There, right?
1: There's, there's definitely uh, a part of me that misses that that knowing what I was going to do, even if it was, you know, I'm going to sit in the parking lot for 20 minutes and smoke cigarettes before I show up five minutes before my 10 minutes before timing, right? Uh, But, you know, you you knew that at the end of the day you had something to do, right? Like there, there were things that needed to be accomplished at the regiment, and, yeah, they weren't fun, they weren't glorious, but you still had a job to do, and you still had to show up and do it. Right, uh, when I when I got out, like I left the army on a Thursday and I had a job on Monday, right, and it was you know it was a good job, um, but I was going into a skill set where the guys that were my age had already been doing that work for seven or eight years, right, and they'd all come up together and it was a super yeah. boys club, and. You know, when I I showed up, you know, 25 years old, combat veteran that's, you know, been around the world. And, you know, I may not know how to do a lot of things, but I know how to not quit. And these guys, yeah, their way of doing things didn't jive with my way of doing things, to put it politely, No. (laughs) Yeah, like, showing up in the morning and you know, doing hazard assessments and saying like, oh yeah, you gotta be tied off if you're over six feet tall. I'm like, so I gotta go up on that crane that's 10 foot above me. I gotta tie off on a rope. I gotta wear a hard hat and high vis stuff and be safe. And you know, take 20 minutes to do this job hazard assessment you know write down all the potential hazards that could be there or i could just fucking go up there myself do and it. do yeah. it because it needs to get done and i'll be back down before you're finished writing the the date and time of your job yeah. hazard assessment like go fuck yourself. what
0: is now. this safe word you were referring to <laughs> yeah
1: safety safety yeah. is third man safety yeah. is third drink water look cool then worry yeah. about safety
0: and even then they like it can move down the scale there's some other stuff that. <laughs> come before that, right? Yeah.
1: And I mean, like, for me, I've never been a very safety-conscious person. No. Like, I've never (laughs) let safety rule my life. Like, you you got to get the job done. Go get the job done, right? And working on the city side, I, I did not fit in well at all. I drank hard, I partied hard, and I would show up to work in the morning and outwork these guys. Right. You yeah, know, and they didn't take kindly to that. So.
0: No, and you know the the one thing I think the military is really missing is I like I got lucky. I got found. I found it in Meaford. So when I got posted there, and I I was, I was hanging out other combat veterans who also needed a break from their regiments, and we were teaching recruits real world. This is what we fucking went through. No questions yeah. about it. And we were teaching. All, all kinds, right? Like it just—it made sense to utilize someone like that, especially guys who are injured, people who have messed up backs or knees, or any. Like I don't understand why we don't utilize that core of uh, experience and put them to school. Like you don't need a, as 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 a section commander in a school where you have a bunch of recruits. That sergeant doesn't need to run with the troops every day, right? So if he's got a fe- he's got a messed up knee, so be it. Have one of the mass corporals run them, have one of the, um, you can even have like the, the corporals, the storesmen, and stuff like that. Take them out, have, go for a run, right? Cool. Go do some actual yeah. PT instead of running everywhere. How about doing some actual weight management, weight lifting, yeah. weight? Real exactly. world stuff. That, you know, um,
1: like you can go for a run, but yeah, do, do sprints. Yeah. Right. You don't need to go for 15 kilometers. You know, pepper plot
0: for 150 meters and tell you tell yeah, me how you exactly, feel. yeah, running burpees right. with weapons, like yeah, <laughs> like that, that work. anyway. Uh, but it, it it blows me away that that wasn't accepted, and I think that's one of the biggest issues why we have of the military as it is right now is the fact that we have all the guys that were good at combat, right? The the guys that that's what we join the military for got relegated to the sides because we didn't like admin and we didn't and I always said there's you know there's field soldiers and there's regimental soldiers, right? And you you kinda need both, but
1: guys guys like me and you, like the time frame that we joined up in, the job that we joined up to do as combat engineers, we have zero excuse for for sitting there and saying, What do you mean I'm gonna go to Afghanistan? Exactly. Like, this is new.
0: I never saw this coming. How could you like, surprise me with this? <laughs>
1: how how dare you send me into a combat zone? Well, the, the name combat is in the job <laughs> title.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right? Like, that's what you're going to do. And I mean, like, that's that's what I yeah. wanted to do. Like, from the time I was knee-high to a grasshopper, I was 13 years old on September 11th, 2001. And I was like, fucking five yeah. years. And I'm gonna be knocking down the yep. door, right? And you know, like I got, I got lucky. I did 364 days from enrollment in basic to posted to the regiment, right? Like it was super fast. They pushed guys through at a at a crazy yep. rate, but they knew they needed bodies,
0: right? Yeah. And the attrition rate was so high. I mean, you have. R3's Three, course was not easy. And uh, yeah. the amount of stuff that you have to, amount of knowledge you have to pound into somebody through over four months yeah. and then ship them off to the regiment so that he can go overseas <laughs> and be utilized and be useful. That's, yeah, yeah you're going to have, you're not going to get everyone through there and you're not going to have, so you're, you're just trying to get like mass quantity and see what sticks. And, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think we started with like 76 guys and we graduated yeah. 29. Right, twenty nine guys for what, five five regiments including five yeah. RGC? One, two four, well, yeah, four, one one, two, one, two four and five four ESR yeah. and five.
0: I actually asked for a post new to three C R Germany and my career manager laughed at yeah. me and I was like What? <laughs> He's like, There's there's one <laughs> position, now it's for a sergeant. Point. I'm like, All right, fine. I can, I can do it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so looking back now, it's been a while since you've transitioned out. What yeah. if you could go back and talk to yourself? What's the the one biggest piece of it? Because I mean, uh, there's obviously lots of advice you could give to yourself, but like the biggest one, what do you think you would tell yourself? Make it easier.
1: Uh, the, the the biggest thing that I would tell myself was would be to document what actually the injuries I actually occurred, right? Um, there there were there were broken bones that were misdiagnosed, right? There were and nobody nobody that's going to listen to this is going to believe me, but I've got the photos to prove it. I broke my ankle three weeks into my tour, and I walked on it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right? Like the, the big bone in your ankle there, I, I shattered it. And it was just after Steve had gotten killed, and the medic looked at me, he's like, I think this is either a really bad sprain or you've broken it. But either way you should probably get it checked out. And like, if if I go back to calf and I get an x-ray and they find a fracture, they're yeah. going to send me home. I've been here for three yeah. weeks. Like, just put me on OP for the next four or five days. I'll wrap my ankle up, keep it up tight. And if it doesn't feel better in four or five days, we can go yeah. for an x-ray. And... You know what i just didn't fucking complain about it after that right and it wasn't until after my motorcycle accident when i had to get a bone scan done that uh i realized that it, you know looking at the list of all the fractures i've gotten right my right ankle has been fractured and there's only been one time that i ever hurt my right ankle and that was Walking back to my mm-hmm. patrol base, 200 meters away, I stepped into a wadi and something yeah. cracked. And the boy, I felt really bad. Like I'm a I'm a big dude, and with all my battle rattle, the boys had to stretcher me like 400 meters back to the fucking patrol base, and I was not a happy sports uh, camper.
0: Getting just smoked doing it—that's yeah. not fun.
1: No, it was it was embarrassing, is what it was.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I, I, I think with with the transition, yeah, documenting the injuries that you know, I just told myself I don't have to tell anybody about this. Right? I don't have to tell anybody that this mm-hmm. is bothering me. Well, five years down the line, if you haven't told anybody about it and it's still bothering you, it's gonna bother yep. you worse. Right? And then you got nothing nothing to fall back on and you gotta basically prove to the whoever the powers are at be are that you yeah. need help, right? That this is directly tied to what went on overseas. And that's
0: hard to do, especially when you're not used to advocating yourself. Um, as yeah, well, I mean, we're
1: all we were all taught taught you know pain is le- weakness weakness sleeping mm-hmm. body, right? Like don't complain about something. Are you hurt? Or Suffer you in silence. Body? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I remember hearing that so many times. Which... There's a point to it.
1: Yeah, in in the middle of a war? Absolutely. 100% suffer in silence. Get your job done. Right? Worry about it after you've broken Mm -hmm. contact. But that demon is not going to get off your back just because you leave a war zone.
0: Yeah, we had... uh, I don't know how many times I fucked up my knee. Both knees. I dislocated them multiple times throughout the years in and every time I would think being here in Canada, I was always like, Oh yeah, whatever. You know, I'll I'll ice it up for a little bit and I'll be good to go for tomorrow. And then I'd go for a run and it would be sore, but I'd finish it and be like, eh, whatever. Little did I know that now my knees are fucking destroyed. Right? (laughs) I can't run anymore. I can't, uh, can't do any of the long distance stuff I used to really enjoy. I can't sit on the floor for very long with my legs crossed. Like, it just, everything starts to hurt. But uh, yeah. when there's a storm coming in, I can feel it in my knees, right? Like, it's just, it's shitty. But that's the yeah. thing. We never, you never think to, you're, you're you're specifically told not to talk about it. You're specifically told, if if it's not broken, don't fucking worry about it. Guys don't want to do the yeah. paperwork. Nobody wants to fill out the CF-98s and the witness statements and all the blah, 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 blah. When I was an instructor, I had a couple of dudes who, like, they twisted their knee on a run or they hurt somewhere. And I'm like, write it all down. Here's my witness statement. Yeah. Here's the CF98 form. Fill it out. Get it done. Put it in your file. Because you're 100% yeah. right. That is key. Yeah, it's 30 minutes out of your
1: life at the yeah. point of injury versus dealing with it for five, six years or however long Veterans Affairs takes to approve yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Like if you got witness statements saying that, yeah, I saw this guy get hurt. Right. And doctors signing off saying this is definitely an injury. That's related to d- your direct yeah. job. It just, it, it, helps so much in that that fight for getting yep. the help you need.
0: Yeah. It's that check mark, right? right. The military doctor said, yep. yep, he got hurt at this point in time. Cool. Later on, they look back, oh, yep, you were injured, that makes perfect sense. Done. Paperwork gets filed. And you know that actually leads right into what we want to talk about today too because we're going to talk about loss and the perseverance and what it takes to manage loss, which is always hard. But the the one lesson that I've learned over the years is that A, war never changes. People die. (laughs) In war, people die. It's not always going to be your guys. It's not always going to be their guys, and uh, it usually ends up being everybody. Uh, the yeah. there was a quote I heard a long time ago was, uh, "Nobody ever wins a knife fight." Right? You're always going to get cut somewhere, yeah. and uh, that's one of the tricks is that if you don't acknowledge it, if you don't write it down, if you don't put it on paper if you don't actually do the uh the 30 minutes of work around it yeah then it just keeps going
1: yeah and a hundred percent it can spiral on you right um if if that's all you're thinking about right is coulda woulda shoulda right that's a deep dark hole that is damn near impossible Mm -hmm. to get out of right and you're absolutely right. War, it, it doesn't change. If it was if it was a nice thing, everybody would be doing it. But it's it's not, right? Killing other people, it fucking mm-hmm. sucks, right? Good, bad, or otherwise, killing them for the right reasons, killing them for the wrong reasons, right? Watching your buddies get killed, watching your buddies get hurt, it it sucks, and it sucks more when you think. In the back of your mind, maybe I could have done something different, right? And if you if you let that thought eat away at you like I did for for years, that'll take over everything, right? And it'll pop back up at the most inconvenient fucking times for you, and there's there's no way you're getting out of that whirl, whirlpool because once it, it grabs hold, it's it's got a yep. hold of you. And you're stuck reliving events that happened four or five years ago. Three months ago. 10,
0: 15 years ago. Yeah, it just...
1: Yeah.
0: Like, I can't
1: remember what I had for breakfast on Tuesday, but I can remember exactly where I was on April 11th, 2010. I can remember everything about that fucking day.
0: Yep. The pain never leaves, right? That's the, the trick. And I think we, especially for the military guys, it's like we... We thrive on order, right? That's how it works. If, if your, if your section works, then there's an order to things, right? Sergeant, he gives the orders. Master corporal makes sure everything gets done. The corporals know their shit. The privates are there to learn, right? It's every, there's an order to it. When you have to do something, there's an order to it. There's a, we, we, we really grasp for control because the more control you have, the more you can mitigate risk. Less bad things are going to happen, and the difficulty around war—it's a fucking crapshoot. Really. <laughs> just yeah. and really, if you do the job to the best of your ability, you can still lose.
1: Yep, hundred percent. That's just the way it is. Yeah, and that's There, there is no safety in a combat zone, right? Like, yeah. Everybody that is deployed in that forward area, everybody that's deployed in the rear lines, there's still that element of risk, and there's that element of luck, really, like good luck or bad luck, right? Like, I'm a firm believer that you know everybody's got a finite amount of time, and when that when that sand runs out, it doesn't matter what you're doing, right? You can be walking across the street and get hit by a bus, or or you can be in a combat zone and take one step that somebody
0: didn't. Yeah. yeah we um we lost a really uh, great leader on my tour uh because he stepped i think it was like five or six inches off the right of the path not even and he fell in a well yeah like yeah just it's just, just should happen right like and that's the thing is that especially combat and war zones in general is that it's chaos it literally is chaos yeah. anything can happen at any time for no reason whatsoever and especially in afghanistan where there's legacy minefields that you could just be in all of a sudden that you realize oh shit <laughs> like that's a bad day uh, there's yeah old IEDs there's new IEDs there's old artillery shells just randomly from previous wars that like just yeah it's fucked up it's a fucked up place
1: 100 percent but it was there there was a simplicity in it too right I and mean, there was like you don't have to worry about traffic. Unless you're in KC, in which case just yeah, I was gonna say ride. even
0: then you don't really worry about it. You just
1: you're not worried about <laughs> traffic in the same way that you're worried about driving yeah, around exactly. Monday, right? Uh, you're not worried about about paying your electricity bill because there is no electricity mm-hmm. bill, right? You're not worried about oh, what's going on with the Wi-Fi because there is no yeah. fucking Wi-Fi, yep, yeah. right? You'll get the like. It's, it's kind of funny because the things that we went without on my tour, I couldn't imagine going uh, without that again, (laughs) like we didn't have a washing machine I did all my laundry with the the scrub board. You asked me to do that now. I did that too. It was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I hated it, hated it, but we made it work.
0: We got to have clean clothes, right? You do it or not. hundred percent. You
1: got to take care of your stuff. Right? You've like personal hygiene is a huge thing yeah. in a combat zone because if you get you get a little bit of rot or something going on and like all of a sudden it's affecting everybody.
0: Right? Yep. I think
1: mean, we went I think we went two and a half months without a fresh shower. Gross. And gross it was it yeah. sucked. Yeah. Like we didn't even have solar showers. Like it was Baby wipes and bottled yep. water.
0: Bird bath it yeah. up,
1: and it was when we when we finally did manage to you know sneak in and grab a shower. Quickest, coldest shower I've ever had in my life. Like instant brain freeze. Scrubbed up, and then we went back, and just the horrendous odor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it, that's one of those things that you like. It doesn't leave you. Right, I smell that now. To, like twelve years from now, and I'm just like right back to Afghanistan. Like that dude smells like he's been on patrol for mm-hmm. about four days. Like,
0: yeah, and the God. amount of sweat, like just the sheer amount of sweat. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many times you wipe your body down with a with a frigging baby wipe. Doesn't matter. I remember my first shower in in calf. I think because we had we had a solar shower a couple of weeks in. We eventually got the solar shower. But then you could only shower uh, in the evening because during the day, the water was yeah. boiling hot and it would burn your skin. So you didn't take yeah. those. <laughs> you had to wait until the evening. Anyway, um, but I remember going into CAF for, I think we were there for three or four hours to rearm, reload, and they were going to head out. And they are like, yeah, boys, there's showers and shitters and blah, blah, blah. And every single one of us went in there. And just you strip off all the sweaty gear and all the just gross you turn the water on you just watch the grit and the dirt and everything just uh, yeah. Uh. yeah yeah but when you're out there as you said there's a the simplicity to the job right there is the job yeah that's it that's all there is in your mind you're not thinking about uh home you're not thinking about the regiment you're not thinking about that douchebag lieutenant who thinks he's a it, no it's there's the fucking road and there's a the metal detector yeah that, there's that. That's it.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's that's the only thing I'm concerned about. I'm not concerned about watching my arcs. I'm not concerned about anything yeah. like that. I'm focusing on making sure that nobody behind me blows up. Right? Yeah. I'm making sure that this footpath is clear for all my guys that have got to mm-hmm. come behind me.
0: Right.
1: And- I was I was just talking with a buddy there last night and like you you get to know what the sound was on your metal detector. You know, you can tell, right, this is a small piece of shrapnel. Okay, this is something huge. I really need yep. to investigate this. Or, you know, maybe this is nothing. But with that maybe this is nothing.
0: Maybe it's something. You're still the first
1: yeah. guy, right? You're still stepping on it, right? You're mm-hmm. still, you are still got that that feeling of maybe I'm wrong. I could a hundred percent be wrong right but if i'm gonna be wrong i'm gonna take it i'm gonna be the one yeah. that suffers for it right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna walk by this and ignore it and let my guy behind yeah. me hit it right if somebody's gonna go it's gonna yeah be i always said if i'm gonna find because it that's the job we signed if up i'm for. gonna
0: find it i'm gonna find it one way or the other right that's yeah. <laughs> i'd prefer to use my metal detector sure but yeah. if someone's gonna find it it's gonna be me and that was...
1: Well, part of the part of hang-up that we had was... When I went over, I went over October to right. May. So, in the wintertime, it gets fucking cold there. And the ground gets fucking yeah. hard. Right? And you can tell, right? Somebody's been digging here. Or there's no way that anybody's been yeah. digging here. Right? Right. Up until... I want to say about February when it rained, and after it rained, it got super hot. And then Disturbed Earth was like looking for a nail and talcum powder. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. But up until that point, um, you could kind of tell. Like, you could look at something and go, ah, that looks a little sketchy, right? I'm 100% going to check mm-hmm. that out. But by checking it out, I mean, you got your bayonet and you're like jamming in there, not doing that. Delicate prod to find something like you're digging and stabbing away at the yep. or just like popping yep. off <laughs> it yep. hunks of rock, and it's like, yeah, there's nothing down there. It's a chunk of yep. shrapnel, you know. But we needed we needed that time to be able to get good at finding those things, those legacy uh, IEDs that had been there for mm-hmm. a while, so that when we found the new ones that were put in specifically for us, it was like okay, I've already dealt with shit, right? I know exactly how this button mm-hmm. functions. I know mm-hmm. that this is a, a victim-operated IED versus a remote control IED with somebody watching yeah. me. Uh,
0: yeah, those were always, uh, I think the biggest challenge for, for me, at least was during the summer, you're, you're looking at like a a pile of talcum powder on another pile of talcum powder and you're trying to determine whether or not that yeah. talcum powder came from that pile of talcum powder, or that like, it, it's almost indistinguishable. But you get to 100%. a point where you're like, that's not the same pile of talcum powder. <laughs> like, yeah, those two types of dirt—it's th- a shade it's off. No, nope, nope, I don't like that. I'm gonna go check that shit out.
1: You get that—you get that Spidey sense, and you gotta—you gotta trust yeah. your gut. And if your gut's telling you there's something wrong, something then,
0: wrong. Who are you hurting who are
1: you hurting by investigating and making yep. sure? Now if you willfully ignore that and you've got the potential to fucking hurt somebody, then you then you've yep. got an issue. There's an issue that needs to be sorted out between the sappers
0: yep. at that point. For sure. Well, I mean, and this is the mentality that we uh, we have to kind of maintain. But also figure out because That mentality, I think, is what makes loss so difficult for us, right? It's because we get to a point where we're like, it's on us. It's on us, especially for the engineers, because, like, that's our job, right? So if if anybody gets hurt when we're around, that's our fault, right? (laughs) And as much as we say it's our fault, it's not. (laughs) It's also war. It's just war. Right? And, um... It's very hard when you, when you, when others are lost and you know that you could have done something in a different universe, at a different time, in a different thing, had you been there, had you not, had you had the metal detector out, had you were just prodding, whether you were on patrol, whether you're on a vehicle. Like, there's all these other factors that come into play that you have no control over whatsoever. But I think yeah. what we do a lot of times is just take it on ourselves. And by losing others, we start to lose ourselves. We start to doubt whether or not we can do the job. We start to doubt whether or not we can... We're valid as a troop. Mm-hmm. Because bad things happen.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, survivor's guilt for me was a real thing for a lot mm-hmm. of years. And it took a lot of therapy and it took a lot of working on it to to come to the realization that I, it is what it is and this is what happened and there's fuck all I can do to change it. Uh, but I, in my mindset, you know, like the shoulda, coulda, woulda thing. I, I've got, I've got issues from, uh, one specific patrol that I did that I knew I did something wrong on and I didn't say anything. And it cost a guy's yeah. life. And what happened was, we were on our way back to Belonde, and uh, we we'd been out for four or five days at that point, doing section houses, moving out along Kala, and uh, we were we we're clearing the area so that we could hand it over to the Americans. And we're doing this. We're coming out of the section house. And the way we had run things, we'd never have two engineers together in a patrol, just in case um, something went bad. We were about two and a half kilometers away from our patrol base in Belonde, and stepped out of the the building that we'd been sleeping in, kind of did this stutter step with a guy, and he stepped into my spot, and we carried on the patrol, and I knew... I knew that he was in my spot in the order of March and we had a short halt and I was sitting there having a cigarette with him, you know, and we stood up and I was like, fuck it. We're two kilometers away from the patrol base, right? Like we're going to go rearm, re bomb up, get food and water and we'll go back out. And when we go back out, I'll, I'll swap them spots then, right? And, uh, unfortunately, he never made it back. Um, we got hit uh, with a, uh, we got hit by a RCID on that patrol. Uh, so there's, there was somebody that was watching us, watching mm-hmm. that patrol. And specifically, because that individual was carrying the radio and we all, we all knew they targeted radio guys. Right. Uh he got pinged. And for a long time I, I blamed myself because he was where I should have been. And it's it's simple now to say it, but even if I had been there, that bomb was still gonna go off. Right? If I had been there and I'd been able to see it and identify it. there was still somebody on the other end that was going to yep. clack that thing off. Right. As soon as I made this movement to push my guys mm-hmm. back or hopped on my PRR to say, Hey guys, we yeah, got to stop Fuck all of here. a sudden or just stop yep. movement. Right. They were watching us. They were yep. waiting for us. It was going to go off. And it's, it's relieving for me to be able to say that now, but it's taken 12 years for me to get yeah. to this point where I would go without sleep for days because I couldn't get over the fact that I fucked up right that I didn't say anything and it cost a guy his life
0: that, I mean and... you're, you're 100% right I mean we've unfortunately we've all I think sat there and picked apart every movement from a day like that and like down to the last like I, I knew I was wrong I should have said something but also at the time right you're in, in your own head you're like well it's two kilometers back we're just gonna finish this patrol and then we'll fucking switch back yeah. and lots of times the patrols people move in and out and oh yeah people right move so all the who's and to say channels. where you were and I mean as an RC you might not have seen it and it would have gone off underneath them anyway yeah. right like if they're targeting yeah. radio men the target radio men.
1: Unfortunately for our for our whole deployment right like we didn't really use labs right every time a device got initiated it was victim operated or targeted at a dismounted patrol and I want to say 95% of the stuff that we found was all vo it was all victim operated and when it started coming time for the Americans to do their surge, a lot of their stuff started becoming RC stuff, right? They started bringing in the more technologically advanced, right? Like we're going to set this off fifty meters outside their outside their bubble. Yeah.
0: There was right. a there was a big surge of um, foreign fighters during your guys's tour as well. Like when the Americans pushed that surge, there was a lot of foreign fighters in the country. So that's why tactics changed as well because. When you guys were overseas, I was in the in-shop, and so I was getting all your guys' reports, I was getting all all of the new stuff that was coming in, and I was seeing things from a very different perspective that I had previously from being on the ground, right? And yeah, a lot of that was the Americans do things a little different than we do, and uh, on top of that, there's a lot of foreign fighters in the country, so a lot of the old-school Taliban guys weren't... Out there as much, so tactics going to switch, yeah. change, and blah blah blah. And I know by the end of my tour, they started targeting the engineers, and then yeah. by your tour, they were actively targeting engineers, radio men, anybody that looked different, right? If you had the the PCM was getting hit all the time. Yeah,
1: yeah. If you did anything yeah. to stand out, you were hundred percent targeted, And right, and if you if you were carrying that little chia. Because we got rid of the mine labs like yeah. right away, because they were big and bulky. And I loved the mine lab. Me too. But the chia was better. Eh,
0: that's a yeah. <laughs> point of personal preference, I think. Because I, I mean,
1: yeah. the mine lab, was, the mine lab was great if you didn't have to hump it for 15. Yeah,
0: kilometers. which I did. It sucks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, my hats off to you
0: if I yeah, was wearing but no, it. But no, it blows. Like I get it. And the chias were lighter. Oh. Uh, I just found that they weren't as. I guess really what it is is that I did the train the trainer thing on them, uh, and yeah. I found that I was more proficient with my Mind Lab than I was with the Chia, yeah. and I think it just comes from the fact that we, I trained so hard on the Mind Lab and then used it for the whole tour. I I had every tone change. I could tell you what kind of metal was under. Like it was just I was that good with it, yeah. and then the Chia was new, and I didn't like it because it was lighter and it wasn't quite as, um, fine tuned, I guess for my, for my ears. Yeah. Right. Or I wasn't fine tuned enough for it either way. I just, I,
1: well, we, we, we did our whole workup training, pre-deployment training, you know, even, even down through three's course, right. Everything yeah. was mind lab. And then I showed up on tour and it was like, Hey, we got this new thing called chia. You got to figure out how to use it.
0: Like, Difficult. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. So I was talking to the oh, yeah, so the Panjury podcast guys, Curtis and uh, or yeah, Curtis and, and Luke, and uh,
1: yeah,
0: it was it was hilarious because they were talking about the the wolfhound and that they were the the next. So there was the Chia and then there was something else and then they're the, what they were using or the minehound. That's what it was. Yeah, and that, like that were just given out to the infantry to same basic thing like here's a metal detector figure it out here's a five minute class on it and then go out and yeah. patrol with it right and I was just I'm killing myself laughing because I'm like why like why Yeah. you're taking an entire job of the engineers that is our whole fucking job <laughs> not a whole but like well, well, we a big part it, like... of it and then just handing it to a bunch of infantry, like
1: yeah like I, I've got a ton of respect for yeah. the infantry guys I always will, 100. always have. That's not their job. But I would never hand one of them <laughs> my fucking mind detector and say, hey, go yeah, do my
0: exactly. job. Like maybe, that. maybe I would train them on it just oh, in yeah. case something happened to me and my metal detector was okay. Okay, here's a brief yeah. little, if shit happens, we're all going to die. Here's an instance where you could use it, but to just hand it to them for patrol ops is like
1: just yeah.
0: silly. That's, and I think
1: yeah, somebody somebody probably, probably got promoted yeah, over exactly. that. Exactly.
0: Um, it actually bleeds into my next point here too, because you know what you were saying earlier was as you when you got out. I think I had the same issue when first thing I got out, I started drinking. And you start drinking more and you start drinking more. And actually it was while I was still in because our culture surrounds alcohol so much. That's just, that's the natural reaction. Oh, I need to go to sleep. Well, I'm going to pound back some scotch and that will put me to sleep. And then I'll wake up in the morning and we'll start all over again. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I got back, it was, it was immediate for me. Like I was fucked up from leaving that tour right. Like I did not want to leave Afghanistan and went to Cyprus, did the decompression, had some incidents over there. Um, and I got back to the regiment and all of a sudden I went from being, you know, one of eight guys that could tell a major or a captain, no, sir, this is the way we're going to do it. Right. You, you gotta listen to me on this or having infantry sergeants come up to me and saying, hey, what do you think about this, right? How would you do Mm -hmm. this? And as a young sap or corporal type going, well, in my opinion, you should do this, you should do that, right? From being one of eight dudes that was respected in a company of 120 guys to going back to the regiment of 600 guys that are exactly like me, right? I had a real hard time with that. I had a hard time. Uh, I had a hard time adjusting to being one of the guys again. Oh yeah, right. Like guys would go out for for beer calls, and they would start you know talking about Afghanistan, talking about all the fucking cool shit they did, and it was fucking triggering yeah. for me. So I would go home, and I lived right next to a liquor store and I'd grab a bottle and I would drink and I'd drink till I fucking passed out and then I'd wake up and I'd go to work in the morning. You know, and that cycle repeated over and over and over again. Like, I was drinking a bottle of vodka a day at one point. And, you know, like, you can't, you can't function like that. Not for long. Right? Like, you start missing timings, you start not being able to do PT, you start not caring about taking care of yourself. And all I wanted to do was go back to Afghanistan to go back and fight. And the war was over, right? There was no more combat tours. Right. So I lost that bit of who I was and basically got told, you're never going to do that again. And that sucked for me because that's all I wanted to do
0: yeah I was uh, I was talking to my wife the other day and uh, we got on to the topic of the fact that I never saw myself making it to 30. right like, I joined up I joined Not up during a war in a combat arms trade yeah. in a place that is surrounded by mines and bombs and stuff while I went to go look for them I I, uh, I never dreamed I would make it past 30. And so, yeah, absolutely. When we got home, the first thing I wanted to do was go back. I was, I remember that very keenly when we showed up, and I got told that I was just, I was still just a sapper, and I was, uh, what was the wording? Uh, it was something along the lines of, "You may have been overseas, you may think you're, you know, your fucking job, but you're still pieces of shit. You're just sappers. Go back to the bay and shut the fuck up." And I was like, "Yeah." Okay. Outstanding. (laughs)
1: The the infantry guys that I that I was with, they trusted me with their fucking lives and their their limbs. Right? They trusted that when I said you're good to go That they were good. Yeah they were good to go. And when I get back to my own regiment, they don't trust me to fucking come back from a cigarette break. Right? Or they don't trust me to be able to make, you know, Make a pot of coffee, or you know, be alone for fucking twenty-four yeah. hours. Be unsupervised for an eight-hour shift yeah. at work, or show up at
0: 7. Right. 15, five minutes before timing. <laughs> like, can't yeah. possibly do that. Got to be here at six thirty. There's zero
1: trust with your yeah. yeah there's zero trust yeah, with your churches. Exactly. And I was like, "What the fuck yeah. am I doing here?"
0: I've, I've said for many years that the war didn't last long enough for us. If we wanted to see actual change in the Canadian Forces, we needed a war that lasted long enough that we could cycle through the leadership. So you have actual combat vets yeah. in uh, on the ground who know what it's what actual military stuff works. And that's what I was saying. You need you need yeah. both, right? You need field troops and you need regimental guys because there's still paperwork that needs to be done. There's still regimental stuff that needs to be done. People need to be trained. You have to go on course. You have to get promoted. You have to do blah 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 blah. But if yeah. you push out all of those the guys that know what the fuck they're doing on the ground, you push all those guys away, you're left with a bureaucracy. It's just basically an office job. And yeah. um, this is it's, it's actually the same thing when you're talking about trauma, you're talking about addiction, you're talking about um, especially alcohol, right? It's a short-term pain reduction, right? These guys are making it hard for me to do my job because I just want to sit here and do paperwork, get rid of them right but long term yeah, you're not actually benefiting the military and for us you come home you're pissed off you're tired you don't want to fucking deal with people you start drinking and you know bourbon was my choice and I would that bottle would be gone all of a sudden and it'd be like who the fuck drank my oh I did oh okay and then you wake up the next morning and you're dehydrated and hungover and you wake up the next morning in the bathtub and you go this is what i I, last i remember i was in the garage why what the you know like it you you give up the long-term wellness for the short-term pain reduction because the long-term wellness requires pain like you have to go through it and you have to feel it and (laughs) endure it
1: you've got to have you've got to have the the support system in place, right? Like, and I think that's one of the big failings in the military is that they don't support guys that say, I don't want to do this mm-hmm. anymore. Right? Uh, like when, when I got out, I signed a piece of paper saying I didn't want to be be here didn't want to be an army guy anymore. And six months later, I was out. And the only people I ever talked to, outside of the military, were people that I wanted to talk to. Right, I didn't have anybody checking up on me. I didn't have because I I just hang up yeah. the phone, right? Like guys would reach out to talk to me, and I don't want to fucking talk to you, right? Like I'm not your fucking troopy anymore. Like why mm-hmm. are you fucking calling me? And the the same thing with the uh, the mental health side of the things, right? I went through the the paperwork check off or PTSD and all that shit. Nope, nope, totally fine. No symptoms. Good, good, good. Yep, see you later. Fucking peace out. Right? Because, I, like, short term, I did not want to fucking deal with anything. And long term, it came back to bite me in the ass. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, the, um, I think one of the things we don't get taught especially throughout the military, I mean in life in the Western world in general, is that, you know, if you want things to work in the long term, you have to to deal with the shit to get there first, right? Like, if you want a good crop and you're out on the farm, you have to plow the fields. You have to sow your seed. You have to fertilize. You have to water. You have to hope for rain. You have, like, if that's what you want, you have to go through all of the work and all of the bullshit and all of the waking up at five in the morning because the fucking chickens need to be fed and blah 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 blah. And I mean, being on my family's ranch, same thing, man. It's like cows need to be fed in the morning. Doesn't matter if it's Sunday. Doesn't matter if you're tired. Doesn't matter if you're fucking broken. Got to feed the fucking cows. Go off you go. And uh, in the military is the same way. We just there's work to be done. Shut the fuck up. Move on. But we don't get taught that the 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 work that we're doing now is for X six years down the road. Right? We just get told to shut the yeah. fuck up your job.
1: Yeah. Hey, and nobody nobody says, Hey, listen, this is going to help you later. It's going to suck mm-hmm. now, but later on, you're gonna be better yeah. for
0: it. Yeah, and I mean, it's with everything, too. I, I got told at one point, I got asked if I wanted to be on the, um, the counter-IED team uh, to do the CIED number two's course. And I was like, yeah. no, I don't want to do that. I want my HB. I don't want to be a fucking bomb text bitch and get him his suit for the next six months. I'm not going to do that. And the sergeant was like, okay, and he left. Now, had he sat down and been like, okay, look, dude, I understand your feelings. I get it. You don't want to be that guy. Cool. You take this course now. You do your six months of time. It's gonna suck. Yes. After that, you get your CIDA's course. You become the tech. You do that for a year. You'll have your HB in two. Right. Yeah. Like if that's where you want to go, that's how you have to get there right now. Had I,
1: yeah, they don't tell you. The, they don't tell you the line of progression. They just ask you. Are yeah. you good? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, cool. Fine. Yep. Fuck Peace
0: me. out. And that's you know, so many dudes got out between uh yeah. between after 06 and up to twelve. People were just pulling pin left, right and center. Fuck this noise, I'm not doing this regimental bullshit, fuck you, yep. go blah 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 blah. And we lost Yeah, call me when there's exactly. another war. And we lost all of the experience. Yeah. We lost all of the skill set. We lost all of the hard chargers that want the fucking job done right. Rather than just having a yeah. check mark on the job is done. Yeah,
1: I like I I would not have survived in the U.S. <sighs> army. I would have I, I would have gotten five after, for sure. There's there's no way that I could have kept my goddamn mm-hmm. mouth shut, and there's no way that I could have been as politically correct as you need to be at like a sergeant's level or a yeah. warrant's level. Like I don't. I don't believe there's room for political correctness in an organization where your entire job is to go out and fucking kill people, right? Like, there's no politically correct way to do that no. job.
0: No, especially not our job. Right. Like, I remember no. doing the uh, the booby trap house at one point, and the guy was like, when you're thinking about booby traps, how would you kill you? And I was like... "Yeah." so many ways and he's like that's what you have to expect <laughs> <Possibility>. <laughs> like, all, I mean really if you're thinking about it if I was fighting the Russians or we, we were fighting the Chinese or if we were fighting the fucking North Koreans or whatever their combat engineers are trained combat engineers so yeah. the skill sets that they have are going to be comparable to the skill sets that I have and really what it comes down to yeah, is,
1: they're, they're going to be able to look at a, look at a device and say hey there's the detonator if I snip that it's yeah. fucking done
0: but also, yeah. I know that he's going to know that. So I'm going to put a secondary charge on a closed loop. So when you cut that detonator, that second one's going to go off. And if he knows that, then he's going to oh. bypass that. And I'm going to hit him with my tertiary. And like, it just becomes this overarching, oh my god, what do we do? Yeah. You're playing this, this
1: mind game with yourself. Exactly.
0: Right. But this is this is also how we learn right and this is what how I learned about mental health this is how I learned about all the other things was that I started thinking about if I was healthy what would I do right now right if my best self what's the next thing I need to do right now the next best thing or the next right thing or the next whatever you want to call it but like there's a point where you have to say instead of if everything is shit how do I get out of it it's if everything was right where would I go Right, and that's where you yeah. get to that long-term progression because then you can see the goal. And I think, you know, Remembrance Day is very hard for a lot of us. <laughs> it's coming up. It's not going to be a pleasant, uh, not going to be a pleasant day for a lot of us. But I think the concept of Remembrance Day is the difference between mourning and remembrance and that's that the long term versus short term again right if you're the short term pain is there you're in mourning right you are actively mourning the loss of that person the loss of that thing the loss of yourself the loss of whatever it is you want to talk about and over time with work you can get to a point where you're remembering
1: yeah and it, there is a huge difference between remembering and actively being mourning or actively grieving mm-hmm. uh, a loss, right, and you you might be able to, to shut it off for 364 days, but on that one day, it's going to come back with a vengeance, right, and then all of a sudden, it's just like it happened fucking mm-hmm. yesterday, right, and... Yeah, there's a lot of alcohol that gets consumed on Remembrance Day. Uh, And that break, alcohol brings those feelings right back to the forefront. Uh, But I I, I think if you can shift it from that thought of, I'm mourning this, I am grieving the loss of this to turning it around to being like, "I, I need to celebrate what was and honor the people who have fallen and the people who have passed away since that time mm-hmm. and bring it into uh let's get everybody together you know we'll do the we'll do the ceremony we'll do the you know salute at the cenotaph put the poppies on the ground yada 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 and then let's go back to the bar and let's have a fucking yeah. party right let's you know blow the roof off this place Metaphorically, not not actually. Although
0: that would be fun. Like
1: <laughs> it would be fun on some of those buildings. You could make it go. Uh, but I mean, you can blow the roof off of it, and at the end of the day, you're just having fun with your friends, right? In an area where it's it's socially acceptable for army guys to to talk about shit that would never get talked about anywhere other than yeah. a legion, right? Like. And it's it's that one day of the year where you can you can cut loose on all those feelings that you've been holding on for the other three hundred and sixty four days and you can turn around and say, It's all coming out tonight, good, bad and otherwise and you wake up in the morning with a hangover but you feel better about it for getting it all yeah, off your that chest. That weight is gone. Right? Instead of instead of burying that shit down deep dark and, you know, never letting it back out never letting it get any air and then it just consumes yeah. you right and then all of a sudden you're sitting there at the you know West Edmonton Mall or something and you don't you can't remember how to function yep. because you've just been totally consumed by this grief that you've been shutting in for years and years and years and then all of a sudden it's breaking your door down and you can't get away from it yeah.
0: anymore you know it, there's so many corollaries to it as well, like you think about tactics, if you never adjust your tactics then you're going to get shot in the face right? <laughs> Somebody's going to walk around those tactics and hit you from the side or go fucking whatever, you talk about yeah. martial arts, if you are stagnant in your own training someone's going to come along and be better if you are a writer and you always write the same thing and all it it's never changes someone's going to bypass you because you have to learn. You have to evolve. You have to develop. And, um, you know, I'm in the, the Jewish faith, they say, when it comes to loss, they say, "May their memory be a blessing." And I will always love that line because it reminds me that it's it's a choice, right? Like you can choose to be downtrodden, and as as you were saying earlier, right? Do you do you let this ruin your day? Do you let this ruin your week? Do you let it ruin your month? Do you let it ruin your year? And it's going to be that choice. It's up to you to say, okay, recognize I'm in pain, recognize I'm hurting, understand that, accept it. Okay. What's tomorrow got? And then go from there, right? And it's such a, it's not easy. It's never, never fucking easy. And it's... But nothing that's, Nothing that's easy is yeah. worth it,
1: right? If it was, if it was easy, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have to have these tough exactly. conversations. We wouldn't have to, you know, reach out and make sure that your buddy's okay.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: and it's because it's not easy. That's what makes it worth doing.
0: Yep. Yep. Right, and it's, it's hard. I mean, not just, not just physically hard, not just mentally hard, not emotionally hard, but. You're 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 challenging your own preconceptions. You're challenging the stuff that you thought was correct. You're throwing your own uh, you're throwing your brain on the fire and trying to figure out why the fuck is how do we fix this? Yeah. Or you don't, and if you don't, we all know guys that don't, right? And yeah. uh, it's it, it, like you said, it's a, it's a long dark hole. <laughs> it is very very hard to get out of. But yeah. possible, like with support. Hundred percent is possible.
1: Like I, I lost everything. I, like you said, I was minutes away from going away and walking away into the woods. You know, and the only reason I, I believe I'm still here is because I had somebody, my wife, that pulled me through it. That like picked me up, put me on her back and carried me through my fucking depression. And. It's. It would have been too easy to quit. And just say, you know what? I fucking had enough of this. You know, I've had enough of the pain. I've had enough of dealing with. Myself and how I feel about myself and all the ways that I'm using to mask what I actually feel and it would have been too easy to say you know what screw it I'm out but it was so worth it to buckle down and say hey there's something seriously fucking wrong and I need to, I need to work at this and I gotta work at it every day you know, I'm gonna keep trying to get better and better every day. And it's not like sitting out and you know, deciding I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a fifteen mile run, right? Because I used to be able to do that's what I used to be able to do. I can I can strap up and do it now. Well, no, I'm almost three hundred pounds now. I can't run fucking fifteen meters, let alone fifteen miles mm-hmm. again. But I can take that next bound. And I can get to that next objective and I can set realistic goals for myself. And even if that goal is just as simple as, hey, I got up and I fed the dogs, right? And my dogs
0: are happy. I had a shower today.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like, yeah, exactly. Hold on. Yeah, it's a hard lesson going from, you know, operating at such a high level. When you're talking you know, combat ops, and especially in the military, not even uh, special forces types, but, like, right force military people. We always got told, I don't know how many times I've heard this in my years, was uh, you, do we do more before 9 o'clock than the average person does on a whole day. It happens. Yeah, There are times where we don't, I'm but sure. there are, like, <laughs> lots of times where you, you're you up at 6, you're up at 5, and you're working, and you're working till 3 o'clock the next morning, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, um, yeah. The job's yeah get and done. we're so used to being able to just do it that later on in the years, when you're all broken and beaten down, and the the lesson I had to learn going back to the gym was like, I can't lift like I used to. I have I have to. Yeah. <laughs> I was never a big gym rat anyway, but like you gotta figure out what you can do right now. Start at zero. You gotta brace right?
1: yourself and realize that, like, oh shit, I'm not Superman yeah. anymore. Right? Like, hey you know maybe it's okay to take it a little slow yep. and get back
0: exactly your,
1: and get back into what feels right and get back into and you can apply that to the gym you can apply that to work you can apply that to every facet of your yep. life you know and it's just it's okay to take your time to feel good
0: yep. it's the same thing like with loss as well right and the, the morning it's going to yep. take a while It's not going to be a tomorrow thing where you're going to magically feel better, right? And there are going to be times where you might have felt good for the last month, two months, three months, and you're starting to feel better and then just get fucking knocked out by it. Uh, The best description I ever had for it was like, if you picture a box with a little square inside, you remember the old Windows uh, logos that used to like bounce around for the screensavers? Yeah. So take that box, make it bounce around inside this box and there's a button on this wall that is grief. And every time that box hits that button, you're gonna get a full load of grief, right? And so in the beginning, that grief is big, right? It takes up that whole box, it's hitting you all the time over and over and over and over and over again. Slowly, over time and work, that internal box gets smaller and smaller. And it hits it less, still bouncing around in there, right? But every once in a while, it's going to hit that button clean on and it's just going to fucking put you to the ground. Oh, yeah. And not letting that kind of shit derail you yeah. from benefiting from, you know, growing, from getting better, from... It's, it's a hard road because, man, if you're not prepared to get grounded like that, it's uh, it takes you a while to get back up.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I don't think anybody is... is... Prepared to really deal with grief. Like I, I don't think any nineteen, twenty-year-old that's just joined the army and finds themselves in the combat zone is prepared to deal with grief, right? Like for for me, uh, we didn't have time to to deal with it, right? Like Steve Marshall and I went through our SQ and our threes course and went through all the training in the regiment. We we're in the same troop and. He was in my my uh, sister mm-hmm. section in my troop, and you know I drove him to the airport or to the LTF, you know the day that he deployed three days before I went, and uh, we were singing opera in the fucking in the car driving away, having a great time. I said, "Yeah, I'll see you in three days," and I never saw him again. Yep. And you know uh, I I didn't have time to to process that. I didn't have time to come to the realization. Like, yeah, my my friend is gone. Like, he's not coming back. Um, I didn't have time to to realize that he was yeah. gone. And when I came back, I I was positive that I was seeing him. You know, like oh, like I I'd, I'd walk through a through a shop or through a mall. And I'd be just catch him out of the corner of your eye it's like oh fuck there's Steve I'm gonna go he's gone and then that whole spiral starts and it's you know that that was something for me that until I started asking for help and until I started talking with people about it like that would set my whole week off right because he you get down into that thought process and then there's nobody there to pull you out Yeah, right? and you don't have the tools to pull yourself out either. Mm-hmm. Cause you, I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't understand why I felt that way.
0: Yeah. And we're, we're not prepared well enough, I think for, for, it. and there's a lot of times, I mean, we got told many times, like just be prepared. We're going to see losses. Oh yeah, stand like, by. Guys are gonna, gonna hurt. Guys are gonna get hurt.
1: Stand by. Guys are gonna die. Man. But you're standing there at ease, or standing easy, and you're like, "Yeah,
0: but I yeah, ain't gonna be the exactly. guy." There's always the mentality, right? It's not gonna be me. Not gonna be my dudes. We're gonna be fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, we're good. Yeah.
1: We're coming through this. We're gonna have a party. Exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah,
0: we were. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it's it's never a fun discussion. Um, yeah. But I think it needs to be had more often. And it's... Uh, it was... Because I remember even while we were overseas and we lost Echo 2 and Bravo, the, we got basically told, like, hey, they would have wanted us to keep working. And they would have, 100%. Right? Yeah. But there's no real, like, closure to that. We just keep working. And then we go home. And then you're like, cool, everyone's good. Right, and you check off all the boxes yeah. on the psych report when you get in <laughs> and you're like yeah I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine peace out yeah and you're not like no one is right and yeah. it
1: I, I think a lot of the a lot of the tempo that the we had for, for our ops there was such a sharp decline from being in theater to being in troop stores Right, And he had nothing but time to sit there and think about shit that did happen and you had no other recourse but to to go and drink about it versus talking Mm -hmm. about it.
0: Or you'd only talk about it while you were drinking about it. And then those two things start to coincide and it just becomes a whole bad anyway. So we've been rolling for... Just a little bit over an hour here, brother. And I I can't thank you enough, first off, for being on here because it's been a great conversation. Not easy, but I think it needs to be uh, especially said. All the things that we're talking about, it's like it needs to be talked about. Um,
1: Yeah, it's got to get out in the open because the the more it's out in the open, the more it'll help people to to realize, oh, shit, I'm not the only one that's going through this.
0: Exactly, and um, so first off, just thank you for being on, brother. I I can't thank you enough. It was just awesome. Uh, Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on, anything pressing that you can, on the top of your your mind?
1: Yeah. um, Just for anybody listening, like, if you're struggling with shit, go... Go find your, go find your reason to take that next bound, right? There's, there's no, taking the easy way out doesn't help anybody. It just passes on to, to the people that you love and care about. And if you don't think there's anybody that loves and cares about you, I'll guarantee you that there are. And I'm on Facebook. Everybody's, everybody's free to have my number. Um, if if you need to reach out to somebody that's gonna listen to you, I'm here. I'll listen to you. Right, taking the easy way out is not the solution. I mean, chin up. We're all soldiers, and we got to take that next bound, and that next bound could lead to happiness. So,
0: yeah, yeah, that's really it. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's really it.
1: Check in on your buddies. Make sure your buddies yeah. are okay.
0: That's the other side of it, right? Everyone always especially says reach this out this
1: time of year, especially Let's around the 11th. Out.
0: But uh, uh, everyone always says reach out, but I mean, you gotta you gotta check in with other guys too, right? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah,
1: the conversation goes exactly. both ways. Exactly,
0: that is hundred percent. So, if anybody does want to follow you or find out more about you, I know you're all over social media. What is uh, where do people find you?
1: Uh, I have an Instagram. It's uh, ruthless and toothless. Matt one three six.
0: I'll make sure to put it on the uh, in the show notes so if anybody wants to find you they can. yeah um yeah 100%. that's fantastic again I can't I can't thank you enough brother. this has been fantastic and uh hopefully we can get you on again and talk about something a little bit less difficult.
1: yeah <laughs> for sure.
0: <laughs> All right Chimo brother That concludes this episode of the toolbox. I really appreciate y'all listening. It has been my pleasure bringing you this awesome guest if you like what you heard please like share subscribe and do all that awesome stuff and I hope you can use some of the information that was offered to all those putting on the line every day first responders military veterans civil servants you guys are keeping us safe and keeping the country running I really appreciate y'all hope to see you next time till then stay open stay humble and stay focused she